Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi Donna, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you. So start out by telling me a couple of things about yourself. Okay, well, thanks for having me on, Heidi. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I love the title. One summer, I was home from college, and my parents had relocated from Philadelphia to South Carolina, and so I was just learning my way around, and I was um, really into trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so I was doing triathlons at the time and I went down to the, I rode my bike, I parked it at this lake and I was running around this lake. It was about a mile around and all these vans started pulling up and security vehicles. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Because it was a, uh, it was the only one there when I got there and all these people were showing up and positioning themselves. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep running. So then I went to my bike was on this gravel parking lot. And I said, excuse me, is my bike in the way? And they said, oh no, the vice president's coming. Just keep on running. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I ran another lap. It was about 101 degrees out. So I was like melting, but I'm like, I want to see the vice president, right? So I ran two more laps. I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I was um, getting on my bike to ride away and George Bush Sr., yelled to me because they were coming around the bend don't you want to run with us so i turned right around and i joined george bush senior and lee atwater for a two mile run all by myself <laughs> and so i i just think it's great that i can say i ran with the u.s president that is and, crazy. yeah and we have we wound up having a great conversation because I had a Walkman with the old cassette player and I would usually put music in there. I really liked listening to 10,000 Maniacs, the Indigo Girls. You probably don't remember them, but, but that day I popped in a cassette tape on Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. So when he asked me, what are you listening to? I, he was so impressed because oh. here I was, you know, a, a, sophomore junior in college yeah. and he expected to hear you know definitely music or something and he was like wow so then we just had a great conversation from there on out oh my goodness i can't believe that i can't believe you were in the right place at the right time that's so cute. i know i love that story that's awesome okay yeah. what else what else about you all right then i put you know my pot power of positive thinking on the shelf uh -huh. And I, then I went on to um, just try to do everything the world expected was um, successful or important. And I just was really, really striving. Um, I even had to strive to have kids. It took me five years and two miscarriages. And then I, you know, made it happen, went straight to in vitro. And I write about that in my book. But um, before I had the kids, I was trying to do some acting and everything and just whatever I could to impress the world doing Taekwondo. And my Taekwondo instructor told me I should become a stunt driver. So I <laughs> took a stunt driving course and I learned how to stunt drive in a car. 
And it was like really awesome. (laughs) And I was surprised at how, um, how aggressive I could get behind a wheel and fearless. So I've got that um, skill in my repertoire. Yeah. You've got a (laughs) lot. You've lived a lot. You've told me more in just in your introduction. Now I got to hear your lemon to lemonade story. Like, this is crazy. So yes, take me back. Tell me what you're doing. Okay. Like I said, I went, I went on to have kids. I went, I had four kids in four years, just such a blessing. And I never, ever, ever took it for granted because, you know, when you go through infertility and you go to baby showers and, and your heart is just aching because you're happy for everybody else, but you want one of your own. So once I was able to get the factory working, you know, (laughs) I kept it going and that's a miracle in itself. So, I mean, my whole life's been a bit of bit miraculous, miraculous. I had a very, um, you know, exciting marriage. I was a swimmer in college and I, I married a football player who got drafted by the 49ers. So we were living in San Francisco, just living a great life. But like I said, going to a lot of baby showers and um, didn't have any of my own. When football ended, we moved back to North Carolina and I, um, got pretty serious about, I'm going to make this happen. You know, I want kids. So I, I feel like I'm pretty good at, you know, what people call manifesting now and all these signs, like they happened. Like I prayed, I visualized, but, um, it can it comes in a strange way sometimes because what happened is I was riding my bike. I was actually in a bike race with men and um, there was a big pileup. It's called a criterion, you know, where you race around a mile around a block and somebody hit the curb and it was just like dominoes. And I was in line for a descent, flew over my handlebars and broke my wrist really bad. So I think that's what I needed in order to slow down. It was a blessing in disguise. And from that point on, my whole infertility journey turned into a, a very positive fertility journey. <laughs> In my, I have a short book, and in my book, it's a chapter called um, uh, Broken Bones and Bunions to Babies. <laughs> because I got my wrist fixed and my feet at the same time. Two casts on each foot and, and a cast on my arm. So it was kind of... So I thought, I guess I, we were invincible, you know? my husband and I, and, you know, four kids in four years, every time we had a kid, we moved. I also was, you know, taking care of nieces and nephews. And I put all my dreams sort of on the back burner very, very happily because I wanted my kids to be happy, you know, and healthy. And, but I thought I could do it all kind of in my own strength. I mean, we went to church and everything, but it wasn't to, really uh be fed spiritually it was more just because it's what i thought that we should be doing you know and it was very much all about appearances like when we would get family picture taken it was like you better behave (laughs) you know and um anyway putting um, on that appearance you're trying to keep up right yeah and i never worked on self-help since that day running around the lake in South Carolina. So um, we wound up, our marriage got very rocky because we were living in LA and I was sort of was getting into the acting stunt 
work. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, we were really lacking intimacy in our in our marriage because we didn't work on it. So like to this day, I encourage my kids and other kids to be good communicators, you know, pay attention to your own thoughts and feelings. And I learned my love language was quality time. So um, well, so our marriage ended in divorce and we had moved back to Florida. I was in the fight of my life trying to save my marriage for the sake of my kids, you know, and I was kind of ignoring the kids as I was like, come on, we got to make this work. We got to make this work. And, you know, my kids were going out, knocking out teeth, and, you know, because I was so focused on, we've got to, you know, do this, you know? So um, that right, that right around that same time frame, we were at the beach in North Carolina. Every summer we spent a week at the beach with my family. We all live for it. The cousins live for it. And uh, we were just hanging out on the ocean. I was feeling like a total failure, you know, on the beach and having a couple Coronas with lime. And somebody in our party said, are those our kids out there? And I looked in the ocean and my son and my nephew and another young girl were really far out, like too far out. And they had been playing on a sandbar and then you know, the tides, you know, change. And so being a swimmer, I was like, I knew instantly I've got to get out there. I mean, even if I wasn't a swimmer, you know, I would have been out the there. Yeah. So I started swimming out to, to get them. And the waves were just so big. The ocean went from really calm to very ferocious and, you know, the cloud cover everything. And I just was panicked. Like, First, my first thought was, God, keep them up. Just keep them up. And um, I was swimming and I couldn't see them. I put my head down, just, you know, just hoping I'm going in the right direction. So when I finally got to my nephew, Michael, he said, go get Ben, because Ben was out further, my my oldest son, you know. And so I went and got him and he was happy I was there, just kind of, you know, rested in my arms. So I turned around to get the other two. And I'm like, I'm getting right back to shore. You know, I will get us back to shore. But it was not easy because we were caught in a rip current. So I would throw them up as I went under. Every time a wave came, I'd throw them up and I would go under. I'm just trying to get a handle on them all. And I, in my mind, I said, there is a strategy. I know there's a strategy for getting out of a rip current. You see it when you go to the beach, right? It says swim parallel. And, but I did not trust that strategy. I, all I wanted to do was fight it, get back to shore, right back where we came from. And so it was the fight of my life. And uh, my older brother, who's very big and tall, finally got to us. He was still able to stand. He pulled us all in. And so as everybody was regrouping on the beach, I was standing there, you know, with my feet in the water, just thanking God, like thanking him, like all my worries and concerns about being an awful wife, mother, all this stuff, failure. It was just swept away because I, I was like, something's got to change, Donna, because, you, you know, that could have really altered your life. So after that, 
like I said, we had just moved to Florida. We were heading back to Florida and we lived on the coast. We were going to be going to birthday parties on the beach. And, and I didn't want to be a nervous wreck. So I, um, I was at a surf contest with a friend of mine. She invited me. She wanted to, me to meet Kelly Slater, who is the world surfing champion. And just as she said, Don, I want you to meet Kelly Slater. He's walking by. And I, there was a lifeguard walking by. And I said, no, I've got to meet the lifeguard. So I went up and I introduced myself to the lifeguard. I said, you've got to help me. You know, I need to know how to recognize when there's a rip current. And he said, no problem, girl, I'll show you. And so he kind of explained it to me. And I'm like, I still don't understand. So he said, we train every morning at Paradise Beach, which is right down the road from me. And, you know, just show up at seven o'clock or whatever, which I did. And I just started to learn so much from the ocean just so much and everything that I was learning about how to manage the ocean was helped me going through the divorce and my mindset. So we started a junior lifeguard program. A friend of mine asked me if I would help her start a junior lifeguard program because I had already run some basketball clinics and I was like, absolutely. And um, we were teaching the kids. And so I came up with a fun way to teach them how to get out of a rip current. And I put an acronym with it, SOAR, S-O-A-R, stop, observe where you are, adjust your thinking, you know, um, align. And it's very spiritual, you know, ask, then refresh and reframe. The most important thing was to see yourself back on shore. You know, don't visualize this panic and everything, but to see. And so I went on this quest and actually even added another lesson because we taught CPR and um, it changed from breaths first to compressions first. So I came up with another good message. And I, I don't know if I told you I write raps. So I'd written a rap. And then I wrote another rap called CPR starts with a heart. So I've got break that grip and CPR starts with a heart. And that's about becoming a good responder. So after you break free of the rip currents in life, then you can be a better responder instead of reacting. And I had to deal with this because um, throughout my journey, trying to raise healthy kids in a broken home, there were many times where I didn't respond exactly perfectly. <laughs> and I had to learn. I wanted to set a good example for my kids. So that acronym is RISE, R-I-S-E. Before you respond, inhale, stay warm, keep your heart warm, because when you come across a victim and they need CPR, if they're warm, they're a lot easier to revive than if they're cold. So I talk about strategies for keeping your relationships warm, even if you're at odds, and then exhale and say what you need to say. I uh, live by these two strategies now, and um, I've been working on them, the raps, I turned the rap into a song, and... I sort of gave up on a little bit of my quest. Uh, my kids got very involved in organized sports, which is a big rip current in itself yeah. in this nation. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can lose, you lose yourself to, uh, I guess maybe the ego, maybe. I got another wake up call another summer at the beach and it was another rip current experience with my brother. And if I hadn't been practicing 
everything that I had been practicing and applying, we definitely would have, would not have made it out of that one. Uh, I don't have all the answers, but what I want to do is show kids, usually like the younger generation, that there is another way. Like you can flip that switch in your brain and you don't have to believe like all the advertisements, don't take the bait of fear. And just to really understand what it means to have a, you know, be at peace, a peaceful mindset and how that can build on itself day after day. So even if you don't do it perfect one day, as long as you keep flipping that switch to positivity, your whole life is going to change from humdrum and stressful to bright and miraculous. Yes, absolutely. It's all how you think about it. But did you ever become a lifeguard after all that lifeguard training? Or is it just been well, just helpful? I, no, I did it because I only yeah. took the course to learn and to teach kids because I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't really work on a my career was a mom, yeah. number one, and I'm very proud of that because I also became a single mom and my kids were very active. And I, I, after, you know, starting the junior lifeguard program, it wasn't just junior lifeguards. We were doing, I, I started a whole not-for-profit called Legacy Sports and Life Skills nice. with the, our um, mission statement was to develop future leaders with character by helping kids find their gifts and use their talents to contribute to society. So I was staying up, you know, to one or two in the morning after I put my kids to bed. And one day I was working on a presentation and my youngest son was running around the house and I had like a flip chart, you know, that I was working on and he knocked it down and I got angry. And I, at that moment I said, Donna, you know, you got to practice what you preach, you know, like, because the idea is in a rip current, you can't fight it. You can't strive. You have to stop, observe, adjust, and ask and be calm. And, and then I, I started enjoying being a mom more because I knew that was going to go by quickly. And I used to be jealous of, you know, career women with their big paychecks, never their schedules, just the paycheck. And I just said, I need to um, just trust. And it did. It worked out miraculous. I have my kids are doing fabulous. And I mean, it's not it hasn't been perfect. Trust me. But at least we know that when something doesn't go our way, um, you know, I've kind of taught them that things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Keep looking on the bright side. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, I didn't become a lifeguard. I, I, I more became a person that wanted to stay afloat <laughs> and not tell others how to stay afloat, but to teach them what helped me. And it was working on my mindset because that's a pattern in my family that definitely needed to be changed from my grandmother who was a warrior, my mom, a warrior passed that worry gene on to me. And I want, I, it has to stop here. I mean, my kids will, I'm sure they'll worry, but I just don't want it to be as a result of my energy. The lemon was caring so much what other people thought 
and letting other people determine my next steps in life. But my lemonade is being able to recognize, no, that's not for me. And then not to take it personally and let it ruin my day, days, or weeks. And stick with my dreams, my goals, and desires. You know, like I wanted my perfect family. I wanted, you know, a perfect marriage. I want to, you know, have an anniversary where I celebrate 55 years. You know, <laughs> that's what my parents did. Well, maybe that's not the plan for my life. And I have to have this awareness, allow, adjust, ask for guidance and trust that that I'm going to go somewhere else. Don't try, you know, we got right, right back to where we came from. No, let's all refresh, reframe and picture everyone getting along with forgiveness, grace. We all make mistakes. Right. I like, so I like that. I like that thought. And, and I, I have this visual of you, you know, out in the ocean and trying to get right back to where your family is on the shore. But at the same time, you know, if you follow that current and it'll still get you back to the shore, you just have to go a little bit further distance or a little bit further away to be able to get back. And you might end up at a different place on the shore. And so I like that kind of thought of like, it, our problems and our things in our lives, you know, we can get through those and it brings us to an elevated place. It brings us back similarly to where we were, but more improved and better. And so I like that idea of just kind of go with it and kind of ride it out. Right. So anyway, right. I just keep thinking of that and picturing that in my mind when you were talking. Just don't, don't take your life for one thing <laughs> yeah. because things will get better. Yeah. You know, you can break this grip of anxiety. Don't be so hard on yourself. My rise message is about bullying. You know, like how do we respond to a bully? And and sometimes that bully is ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can really bully ourselves. So I would like to get to those young people who are suicidal. I mean, I've been there myself where I thought, gosh, what's what is life's not worth living? I'm so hurt. But if I apply these strategies, especially the R, refresh, reframe, I, I eventually come out of it. You know, one, two, three days. I, I use the, I always think about the three days because, you know, they say Jesus was crucified and in three days he rose again. I say to myself, in three days, I'm going to see this completely differently. Just hang on for those three days, really be aware and surround yourself with people that have a similar mindset. So did something happen to you? Lemon to lemonade? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing. You know, the especially the suicidal thoughts, I can really relate with that. And I always teach people that hold on, you know, hold on for one more day. But I like your idea of hold on for three more days. I think I'm going to start saying that now, too, because that I find in my life, too. Like, even the next day is still a little harder. But after a few days, then things really start getting better and things change. And you just don't even know what's ahead. You don't know what's coming. You don't know what's in the works. You don't know how things are going to change. And it's hard because you think they won't because you mm -hmm. can't see it and you don't know how, but 
it can and it will. And so hold on, hold on for three more days. I'm going to say that. <laughs> right. Right. That. It help if it helps me, then it's good. Yes. yes. And if it's going to help somebody else from taking their life, then I think it's good too. Thank you. It's been a Thank treat you. to hear from you and what you're doing. And I love your passion and excitement and your ideas and all the things you're you're so such a beautiful soul so thank you oh i thank you for having me on you're still here well then enjoy this little outtake from that interview if anybody you know likes what they hear today um they can just you know find me at donna bollinger.com i've got some big dreams like with you know all the shootings that happen in the school, I really want to get to the kids. I feel like the only the people that are going to make a difference in the future are going to be this younger generation. So I have this idea of teaching soar and rise and my the break that grip and CPR starts with the heart to firefighters because they already go into the schools right, and then and kids look up to them and they're always well prepared and call it um, firefighters extinguishing fear and igniting hope. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.